Well, this week I did a, a little bit different research than I, I think I've ever done before. I've never looked at something like this, but I researched, I looked at the most exclusive clubs in the whole world. The, the most exclusive clubs are, and believe it or not, it was kind of hard to narrow it down. I, I couldn't get anybody to give me a list. Top five, top three, top ten, most exclusive. I couldn't find anything like that. Part of the reason is there's different variables that make clubs ex- exclusive. There's also a whole lot of different kinds of clubs. I mean, there's social clubs, nightclubs, golf clubs, uh, of course, sports clubs. There's all these different kinds of clubs. But, but in my research, in my studying, I think I have found the most exclusive club in the entire world. And here it is, folks. It is the Hurlingham Club, right there in London, England. A little nod to the old country on July 4th. Uh, this is the Hurlingham. This is a club in, in, in London, England. And uh, folks, again, a lot of different things make things something exclusive. But I think this is the most exclusive in the world. Now, you know, part of what makes clubs exclusive, right, is, is the price tag, right? You know, I mean, some of these really expensive ones, I mean, they're, they're half a million dollars to join they're they're ninety hundred hundred and a quarter thousand dollars a year for dues and I mean just this incredible expense. Well, the price tag alone excludes a lot of us from ever getting to to be a part of something like this. But what I loved about the Hurlingham, they truly operate under the principle: if you have to ask, <laughs> you can't afford it. The price tag for the Hurlingham is undisclosed. You don't know. The other thing that makes it exclusive, I thought this was crazy. I didn't see this in any of the other kinds of clubs. If you can get on the waiting list, and you can't get over that little pipe dream, once you're on the waiting list, it takes 15 years to become a non-voting member. Then it takes 15 more years to become a voting member. Now, for those of you who aren't real good at math, that's 30 years. That's a long time. You know, assuming the average person applying for membership is not six. I mean, think about this. I mean, how old are you when you have that kind of money, that kind of prestige? I mean, if somebody, if that happened by your mid-30s, happened by the time you were 40, you're, you're 70 before you get to say, why do we do this? <laughs> I mean, that, that's exclusive. So if you have been badgering the post office about losing your invitation to the Hurlingham, folks, it ain't the post office. You, you're, you're not going to be invited. Yeah, looking at club memberships today. You, you know, our, our, my message today, the, the, the topic today, I actually struggled a little bit with whether I include this in the series. We've got a, a limited number of sermons, a, a limited amount of time in, in each sermon. And, and when we say we're talking about heaven, we want to get inside and talk, right? We, we, I mean, our questions, the things we want answers to, we want to get inside of heaven and start, and start looking at all that. So why take a, a, a whole message to, to talk about membership, to talk about something that happens be, before you're inside? But, but I felt like, man, if we don't do that, that, that'd be a little bit like, like taking everybody here on, a, on an orientation tour of the Hurlingham. And you're going to get to see the fine dining and the, the different sports parts of the club. And you're going to be able to experience this and you'll have this and you'll get to, to do this and all this comes with it. And, and, and then we get to the end of the tour and you step forward to enjoy your membership. And I said, oh, where are you going? 
Oh, no, you don't get to come in. Yeah, the exit's for you is right over there. Yeah, see, how do you talk about everything going on inside if you don't, in fact, know that you're going inside? You know, folks, there is no more significant issue, there's no more significant question in all of your life than your membership in heaven. So I don't think there's any way to talk about heaven without talking about whether we're actually members of heaven. And, and what I'm going to do today, a little bit, a little bit different presentation, is we're going to, I'm going to kind of do this. Okay, here's a question, here's the answer, and, and here's the verses. As a matter of fact, I'm going to throw a lot of scripture at you today, a lot of verses today, because as we talk about this most important issue in your life, in your whole existence, I want you to hear, I want you to see God's word over and over and over on this. Gosh, I, ho- I hope this is true every Sunday. I-, I hope every Sunday that we leave here, whatever the topic, that we're discussing what God said. Because folks, when it comes to heaven and, and when it comes to membership in heaven, there is nothing more irrelevant than what I think. There is nothing more irrelevant to your life. Well, the, the pastor believes this. There's nothing more irrelevant than what Southern Baptists think. This is not, hey, Southern Baptists teach this, and and Catholics teach this, and and Presbyterians say this, and Muslims say, hey, listen, I don't want to know what people say. I don't want to know what people believe. I want to know what God says about this very important issue in our lives. Amen? Go ahead, let it go now. Yeah, don't get that clogged up. So we want to see over and over and over what, what does God say. So here, here's first question. Some of these questions actually do kind of come out of this past spring when we have the, you asked for it. So we pulled some of that, that questions into this. But this question I kind of took right out of our illustration. Is heaven exclusive? Exclusive in the sense of a, of a, of a Hurlingham. You know, when you say a club's exclusive, that means there are certain people that they just don't get to be a member I mean, they just, they don't, they don't get a shot. They don't get a chance. I mean, you're never going to have that kind of money. You're never going to have that kind of power. You just don't get in. Is heaven like that? Does it exclude certain people? Just period. There's no chance. And the answer is absolutely not. No. Two verses. First Peter, excuse me, second Peter. I was going to say first, second Peter three, nine. Okay. The Lord is not wishing any, any to perish, but that all. Hey, God's opportunity, God's desire is for all. Look at this next verse, Revelation chapter 7. Behold, a great multitude that no one could number, a lot of people, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. Now, what do these two verses show us? The question is, is is heaven exclusive? Are there certain people that are just going to be kept out? The answer is no. The first verse, we saw God's heart. Right? We saw God's desire. God desires that all. It does not say that all are going to heaven. It says that God's desire is for all. Now, if there were certain people that just automatically from the get-go were excluded, then we wouldn't have the word all there, would we? So we have God's heart in that first verse. His heart is that all would have the opportunity. That all would be see, see the way. What we see in the second verse in Revelation, we get a little peek into heaven. And what do we see? All kinds of people. People from all nations, tribes, languages, people from every background, people from every corner of the earth. Again, nothing in that verse would say, well, now there's a group being left out. 
There's a group that is excluded from the opportunity. So in the first verse, we have God's heart. In the second verse, we have actuality. We have what actually is inside of heaven, and it is all kinds of people. So no, there is no, heaven is not exclusive in the sense of, like we said a moment ago, the hurling ham. Now, because it's not exclusive, does that mean there's no membership? Oh no, there, there is a membership in heaven. Look at Philippians 3.20. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Revelation 20, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life. Wow, you know, if you were to somehow sneak into the Hurlingham, because you're not going to be a member there, right? But if you could sneak in, you know, you're all dressed up, you know, you had your honey on your side there. And you get up to the, that nice, boy, wouldn't you love to eat dinner at the Hurlingham? I'm guessing they do a good job with a hot dog, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? I bet they can flat serve a hot dog. Okay, so you get in there. Now you're going to have to check in, right? And they're going to look in a book or they're going to go to log on and they're looking for your what? Yeah, they're looking for your name. Your name's either in their system, your name is in their membership, or, or it's not. And if it's not, security, <laughs> you're, you're going to be shown the exit. Now the problem in heaven is if your name's not in the book, it's a whole lot bigger issue than security and the exit. Because if you're not in that book, then you're in the lake of fire. That, that's hell, and that's for all of eternity. Now, the question was, is there a membership in heaven? I'm using words like citizenship, because you're either a citizen or not, right? You're not, you're not kind of, sort of, a little, a maybe. No, you're, you're a citizen of a nation, or you're, or you're not a citizen. You're a citizen of heaven, or you're not. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life, or it's not. There is a membership in heaven, okay? Now, d- similar question, but a different question, okay? Maybe, maybe this is something you're kind of grappling with the first time. You just saw a verse that God's desire is for all. I thought God was loving. Is not, is not everybody a member of heaven? Doesn't everybody get to go to heaven? And and folks, the answer is not only no. Look at this. It's not even most. Most people do not go to heaven. That sounds kind of harsh. Sounds kind of judgmental. Again, that's not what Southern Baptists believe. That's not what Rainy Hahn believes. That's what Jesus Christ says. Look at this. Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy. Boy, isn't that the truth? And I mean, in that, I mean, folks, we all live in this every single day. Everybody in this room has given in to the, to the feel of the wide gate. It's just easier to think like everybody else thinks. It's just what they're saying and doing at school. Just do the same thing, man. What, what everybody, what, what culture is telling you to believe about morality and, and marriage and this issue. Just go with it, man. Hey, do business like they do business here. I mean, that's just the way it works, right? Because to speak up is so hard. Guys, people make fun of you if you speak up. If you don't go with the flow, you can be left out. And in some cases, they do a whole lot worse things. Not, not, not as much in our country, but in there's some places, man, if you don't go with the flow, there, there's real pain in, involved in that. It's just easier to go the way that everybody else is going. The only problem is the way that everybody else is going leads to what? It leads to destruction. It it, it leads to hell. Now look at this. And those who enter by the wide, easy, just go with the flow. How many is that? Many. 
Jesus said many are, are, are going with that flow. Many are, are living life that way. Now, the gate is narrow and the way is hard. Is it hard to get to heaven? No, it's hard to stand up in this culture. It's hard not to go with the flow. You, you get left out. You get, you get made fun of. It's becoming increasingly hard in America. Folks, you know, we're not, we'll all celebrate the birthday this Friday, right? But you know, it's going to get harder and harder to be a believer. It's going to cost Okay, it's hard to do that. It's hard that that way that leads to life. And those who find it are, what's the word? Few. There's a many and there's a few. Jesus also says in Matthew chapter 25, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, folks, there's, there's a lot to unwrap in these two statements about Christ. Man, we could, okay, what is the way of destruction? What's that, what's that look like? What's the way of life? What's eternal life? What's eternal punishment? We could explain these terms. We could go to other verses and, and, and put some flesh on those things and those ideas. But then there's also just a simple reading of this passage, right? Just read it once, and it's very clear. There's two groups, there are members and there are not members. There, there are those that are on the wide path and there are those that are on the narrow path. There are the many on the road to destruction, on the road to hell, and there are the few that are on the path of life. Now that word few kind of threw me off for a second. I mean, few, what, is, what does that mean? I, I mean, if, if I said, mom, could I have a few cookies? I, and she said, yes. I didn't take that to mean I could go get the whole jar, right? No, she says you can have a few, you, you can have two, maybe three. Four if you can get one in your pockets, okay? It crumbles though, just word of caution. I tried that once. But uh, yeah, what is it? Is it what are we going to get to heaven and find out what? There's like 319 people there? Out of all humanity, just, just a few made it? That's not what that's saying. But stop and think about it. Just take today's population of the world. Seven billion people on the planet. Most conservative estimates would say that roughly a billion. It may be more than that. But, but roughly a billion people out of the seven billion are believers. They're, they're, they're genuine, faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Now imagine seven billion people are walking down the road and we come to this fork. There, there's the way of life and, and there's the way of destruction. There's the many and there's the few. Okay, there's seven billion. Now they part. Six go this way. Wait a minute. I forgot which way this was. Was this the way of life? Okay. One goes this way and six go this. Now if you watch seven billion people come to this fork in the road and six go that way and one goes that way, what are you going to say about this way? You're going to call it many, right? And if only one, now the one will add up to a billion down the road. But you just keep saying, hey, out of every seven people, only one. You're going to say what? A few. A few. So there, there, there's these two groups. There's very clearly two groups. Everybody in this room is walking on one of these paths. And that made me stop and think when I, when I see Jesus talking about the path and the way. Hey, where do we start? Doesn't that make a difference? What path we start on? I mean, if I, if I start life on the path of life, well, then all I got to do is keep from getting off, right? All I got to do is keep from messing up. Just don't take a wrong turn. But if I start life on the path of destruction, well, now something's got to change, right? I, I, I'm lost. I'm going the wrong way. Something has to change. You see the difference? Over here, just don't mess it up. Over here, something's got to change. So which is it? What, where do we start life? And folks, the answer, as you probably already saw, is we start life on the path to destruction. 
Ephesians chapter 2 says, and you were dead. That's past tense. He's writing the church in Ephesus. And he's saying, hey, listen, you're, you're believers now. You're followers of Christ. Before that, you were dead, past tense. Okay, he's referring to how they started. Not, not where they are now, but how they started. You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked and were by nature. Now, when you say nature, that, when you refer to somebody's nature, you're referring to how they naturally are. You're even referring to their birth, aren't, they? aren't you? I mean, if nothing's different, if nothing different happens, this is what by nature we are. Are we by nature children of heaven? Are we by nature children of God? No, we are by nature children of wrath. We are by nature living in opposition, living in rebellion to God. That's our nature. That's the road we're, we're starting and living life on. And then Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I put this verse here just for that word right there, all. That's the common denominator. I mean, think about folks, 7 billion people on the planet. What do all of them have in common? I mean, after we draw our first breath, you know, after that happens, what do we have in common after that? I mean, you know, our families shape us, our, our, our cultures shape us, and, and then there's our own personality, and we just become more different as we go, right? So when you start talking about all, the common denominator that runs through all people, what is it? It's not how much like God we are, it's our sin. That's the common denominator in, in all of humanity. It's our sin. It's our rebellion against God. So we start on the path of destruction. That's bad news, isn't it? We start on that path. And, and, and folks, I, I pull out two verses. This is one of the major themes of the entire Bible. You can find a multitude of verses, Old and New Testament, saying, hey, listen, things are not okay. You're not all right. Everybody around you may think you're a cool, wonderful, good person. And you may do good things, but things are not okay. Things are not okay with you and God. Things are, are not okay with you in heaven. Listen, the problem is much deeper than just you didn't dot enough I's and cross enough T's on, on the religious rituals. The, the problem is much deeper than you're just, not, you're just not good enough. Boy, if you could just do a few more good things. Folks, the problem is you're just not like God. You're just completely and totally, you are, I am. We're not like God. We're not like heaven. How ridiculous the debates of humanity on whether God is fair. On whether God is fair if, if this person had a chance or, or this person got to hear or, or what about this or what if they tried and they just picked the wrong way. As if we had some kind of claim on heaven. As if it was rightfully ours and God might do something that, that keeps somebody out. Folks, you're not like God. You're not like heaven. You have no claim on it at all. Let me show you the two most beautiful words in the Bible when you absolutely understand that truth. But God. Okay, I'm dead in sin, but God. I am, I am completely unlike him. But God, I'm not anything like his heaven. I actually live life in rebellion to it. I lie, I cheat, I steal, I'm immoral, I'm, I'm lustful, I'm greedy. I get angry at the drop of I'm not anything like heaven. But God, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive. Together with Christ, by grace, 
you've been saved. People ask, what kind of what kind of loving God could send somebody to hell? What kind of loving God could allow somebody to go to hell? Listen, folks, whatever the equation is that lands somebody in hell, the problem in that equation is not God's love. God is love. God does uh, love, and he uh, and that love leads him to save. And by the way, doesn't the word save? I mean, that's a pretty common word around here in church world, right? Doesn't that say we're on the wrong road? Doesn't that say, hey, I, you, you need to be rescued. You need to be plucked out. You, you need to be changed. You need to be saved. Not worthy of it. God gets nothing out of it but God. But God. Isn't that good news, folks? As a matter of fact, is there better news in all the world then how much unlike God you are, how much unlike heaven you are. Now, you might be a wonderful person compared to others in the room. Unfortunately, that's not part of the equation. We're dead in sin, but God. Now, here's the last question, and it is the question I made kind of the title of the sermon, and that is, well, can I know I'm going to heaven? Can, can I know that I'm a, a, a member of heaven? I, I don't know how long, much longer I'm going to live, I might live a day, I might live 50 more years, but whether that day comes tomorrow or whether it comes 50 years from now, can I know when I step up there that I'm a member there? And the answer, folks, believe it or not, is definitively yes. Yes, you absolutely can know. How do you know that I can know? Here it is right here. I'll tell you how I know. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Now, gosh, we got to stop right there. Don't look at the rest, okay? We're just going to focus on this line right here for a second. Don't look up there. Stop looking. Okay? To you who believe in the name of the Son of God, I, I believe we have a problem in America. I Very well could be in other countries. But, but I think in American Christianity, we, we have really watered down this word believe to where it almost means nothing. Right? If you at some point in your life... In one service, we'll just give some kind of mental acknowledgement that you believe Jesus is the Son of God. Man, you're golden. You're good. You're in. Is that why Jesus died on the cross? So that we, you know, three seconds. We, oh, yeah, sure, I buy that. Why not? I mean, I'm American, right? So I'm Christian. I'm American, so I, I believe Jesus is God. That, that, they just go together. Folks, if we believe that he is the Son of God then we're going to believe there is nothing more important in this world than the words that come out of his mouth. We're going to believe there is no more important example for me, no more important knowledge for me than the example that he gives and the knowledge that he gives and the way that he calls us to. You can't say you believe he's the son of God and then ignore the life he showed us, ignore the words he gave us. You, you, you can't believe that. There's no way. So, so, Let's think about that word belief. Let's think about what that word means. What does my belief actually lead me to do in my following after Jesus? Now, okay, I'm done talking about the because that bigger picture here. If you are that person, okay, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Go back. Go back. Go back a verse. There we go. Okay. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may, let's say it all together. No, that you may know that you have eternal life. Folks, God's will for you is that you know 
That you have a confidence, that you have a security, that you have a peace, that you're not living a single day of your life under guilt or fear or condemnation, but that you know. He doesn't want you wondering, I think so. I don't know, man. You, you get up there and you hope for the best, right? Get up there and hope to catch him in a good mood. I don't know. Gosh. No, that's not, that's not, folks, those might be very natural thoughts. That's nothing like what he says. He says, I want you to know. I want you to know. You know, for a lot of humanity to say, if, if I were to say, if I stand before an individual, if I'm standing before the group, and I say, you know what? I know I'm going to heaven when I die. Do you know a lot of people would hear that as arrogance? Because what they hear me saying is, I know I'm good. I know I'm perfect. I know I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. I know, I know that God thinks I'm his favorite. I, you know, see, because the reason they hear that as arrogance is because every equation that man has for getting to heaven is all about me. Every question is banking on me, what my character is, what my work is, what I'm, I'm doing. It, it's, it's all based on me. And the funny thing is, folks, as long as it's based on me, arrogance can never be the situation. I'm never going to have anything but insecurity. I'm, I'm never going to have anything but guilty. I might be trying real hard, but pretty confident I picked the right religion. Okay, but, 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 but did I do enough? And, and the stuff that I did do, do I, did I do it with the right motives? Was I sincere? And can you still be a member if, if you did that? Because I did that. Can, can you still be a member if you never did this? Because I never did this. I mean, folks, you, you, see, you can never have any kind of security if, if, if me, if the big I is a part of the equation. How can God say you can know when I'm so inconsistent? When I can fail, even as a believer, I'm not talking about what I did before I came to faith in Christ. I don't know what to do as a believer. How can I know? Because, folks, here's the beauty of it. I'm not a part of the equation. My salvation is not based on my character and on my work. My salvation is based wholly on God's character. God's character of, what did we just see? Mercy. His love and His grace. And we go to other verses and we see that very much a part of this is his justice. As a matter of fact, folks, it's the collision of God's love and God's justice that created the horror of the cross. It was the collision of his love and justice that that, that brought that horrific act that it took to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. To create in us, to give us that opportunity to be born again so that we we could be like God. and, And we could be like his heaven. God's character that produced that work. Folks, I have all the confidence in the world in my salvation I know beyond a shadow of a doubt whether I draw my last breath this afternoon. Have you ever seen one of those things, one of those illustrations where it says the pastor is preaching on heaven and he dropped dead? Gosh, that would be freaky. I don't want that to happen now, Lord, okay? I want to go to heaven. I'd like to stay for a while. If I draw my last breath, I will spend all eternity as a member of heaven. And I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt because it's based on God's character, which is unfailing, which is pure and which is faithful. It's based on God's work, which is completed. It's not my work. My work's not completed yet. It's based on his work that is completed. What were Jesus' last words on the cross? It is. It's finished. 
It's a done work. It's a complete deal. Everything necessary for Randy Hahn to be a member of heaven is done. God's work, God's character, I can know with all the confidence in the world. Do you have that confidence today? It's God's will for you. Do you understand that? If you have anything less than that, you're not experiencing what God has done for you, what God's will for you. Again, folks, Romans 8, 16, it says that the Spirit, that's, that's the Holy Spirit of God. He bears witness. He, he speaks to, he ministers to my spirit. That little guy running around inside me, that little voice we talk to all the time. He speaks to that person and says, hey man, you're a child of God. Enjoy it today. Live it today. Praise God for it today. Live in light of it today. You're one of God's. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to constantly affirm that and confirm that in our lives. Is that what's happening in your life right now? There's nowhere in that verse that says except some days. Unless you did this yesterday. No, every day the Spirit's ministering this witness in our lives. Folks, listen, there's a heaven... And there is a hell. Did you know there's no question about whether you're going to live forever? You are going to live for all eternity. The question is where you're going to spend all eternity. It's either in heaven or hell. By the way, next week's message is going to be on where, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening between the moment we die, right? There's that verse that says when we die, we're immediately in the presence of the Lord. But then there's that another verse in 1 Thessalonians 4 that says one day the trumpet's going to sound and our, our bodies are going to rise and we're going to meet the Lord and the we're going to get a new body. Well, wait a minute. What's been going on since the day I died and the day that happens? Where are we then? What's happening? That's what next week is going to be about. But where, where does the believer go? Where does the unbeliever go? What is happening during that time period between our funeral and when the Lord comes back? But folks, we're going to live forever. You're going to spend that either in heaven or you're going to spend that in hell. There, there is a citizenship, right? You're, you're a citizen or you're not a citizen. There's a book of life. Your name right now, June 29th, 2014, your name is in that book or, or your name is not in that book. There's no way for it to kind of sort of be in the book. There, there's no way for it to be, well, a, a, a little bit in the book. Your name's in the book or your name is not in the book. What is the Holy Spirit bearing witness in your life right now, this very second? Is it saying, man, be at peace. Man, worship. You're a child of God. Or are you left right now with a, a little bit of insecurity? A, a, a little bit of uncertainty? Maybe you know for a fact. No. No, I'm confident my name's not in that book. Listen to me, folks. God's will for you is that today your name is put in that book. You know what Jesus says? He says, today is the day of salvation. Today. He doesn't say yesterday is the day because that means you missed the train, right? Folks, think about how beautiful the statement is. Today is the day of salvation. If it was yesterday and you missed the train, it's over. You're gone. That's it. Nothing you can do about it. If he said tomorrow is the day of salvation... And the only problem is none of us has any guarantee of tomorrow. I sure banking on tomorrow. Matter of fact, I'm banking on a whole lot more tomorrow. I'm banking on tomorrow. I'm banking on the whole week. I'm actually anticipating, hoping, I mean, I've got 30, 40, 50 more years in me. But in reality, I have actually no promise of tomorrow. And by the way, folks, it's not just about dying. Tomorrow could come and an event could enter your life that becomes one of those forks in the roads. And you take the wide path. 
to never return again to the opportunity of God's gospel for you. God's good news for you. It's not just, oh, I might die tomorrow. No, but something might happen tomorrow, might happen this week, that you never come back to this moment again. And that is why Jesus says today, today is the day of salvation. Folks, in just a moment, our congregation is going to stand and we're going to sing. We're going to worship a God who would give us membership in heaven. Amen? And we're going to worship him. And, and as we do, there's, there's going to be pastors down here at the front. And, and we're going to have a time that we call an invitation. We're inviting you. <laughs> I mean, folks, really, no pun intended. We're inviting you to become a member of the club. That, that's what our club does. We don't tell you all the reasons you can't be in. We tell you the reason you can be in. Here's the reason. Jesus Christ loves you. That's it. You don't bring anything to the club. You won't enrich the club. You won't make the club better. It, it's about what Christ has done for you. And in that moment that we're singing and these passionate, would, would you take a step of faith and stand up and say, man, there's people in here looking at a lot of people. I don't know. I feel uncomfortable in big crowds. Let me tell you something, folks. The safest, easiest, most rewarding place to stand up for Christ is in this room. Do you get it? If you can't stand up for him in here, you've got zero chance. Zero. Not 1%, not 2%. You have 0% chance of standing up for him out there, which automatically means you're committing yourself to the wide path. I'm going to go the way that nobody notices. I'm going to go, just going to get along. And in here, folks, we, we think it's awesome when people come forward. Nobody's thinking bad of you. Nobody's thinking ill of you. This big room, we can't even all see who's coming forward. Would you take a step of faith? You might be in the middle of the row. You might be in the back of the row, but come forward. Tell one of these pastors, man, I want to know about a relationship with Christ. I, I want to know how to go to heaven. And and, and let's pray with you, talk with you for a moment about how that can happen right now, today, June 29th, 2014. Your name gets written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know why we're talking about being members? Hey, if you want to become a member of this church, a little piece of heaven on earth, huh? Oh, come on, a little bit? Yeah, come on, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you 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 want to become a part of our church family? You come forward and tell one of these pastors, I want to be a member here. We'll help you with that decision also. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray now that your spirit would move and work through this room and do what you taught us that the Holy Spirit does. Holy Spirit, would you speak to every heart in this room? Speak to them the, the confidence, the security, the peace, the excitement that they're a child of God. Oh, they may have failure and they may have sin. But your character and your work has taken care of that. Spirit, would you give them an opportunity just to rejoice, to celebrate, and to think on who God is for them and what God is for them. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd move through this room right now. And if there are any who are not a member of heaven, let them feel the insecurity. Let, Let them feel the doubt. And then, Spirit, would you call them? Call them now to yourself. Call them to the salvation that Jesus Christ offers. Oh, Lord, it would be my prayer that not a single person would leave this room not a member. That not a single person would leave this room with insecurity, with guilt, with fear, with condemnation on top of them. Holy Spirit, you tell them what needs to happen in their life right now. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.